You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. We're recording. Um, hey, Vixies. Uh, Maddie and Jesse are back here, and today we've got a guest on, and we're pretty excited to introduce you to him and to hear what he's got to say about his new and upcoming material. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce the Truth Disciple. Hi, everybody. Hi, Truth. Hey, yeah, we just found out his name is actually Truth. That's yeah, pretty, isn't that awesome? Pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> that's originally how my name came to be so um by definition a disciple is a person who spreads truth and knowledge so i just added the two and the spreading of truth and like being a disciple and a teacher is really what embodies my channel and so that's why that i wanted to showcase that through the podcast very cool and um i've got one of my favorite quotes i'm just gonna drop this in here and um I'd like to, because like, it's kind of what I thought about when listening to your podcast and um, what I felt like your message might be. And so I want to, you know, see if you've ever heard it, see your reaction to it. And um, if there's anything that like, it jars in you, but so the truth is so obscure in these times and falsehood so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. Yeah, that definitely hits me. That definitely aligns with some of my ideologies and beliefs beliefs and i definitely feel like people don't really want to know the truth because it's it's a little bit painful but good at this in the same in the same way and i think people would rather be fed lies than the truth in some situations do you guys agree with that or do you have a different perspective yeah i definitely agree with that i feel like that's kind of what why we did we're doing what we're doing right now is um, to try and just spread as much truth as we possibly can. And or at least like bring up the areas where we think it's reasonable to question because here we are told that these authority figures are to be trusted and they're honorable and they're looking out for you, like you the individual, yeah right, you the citizen of the world, of the country, of any of that nonsense, like here we are supposed to take everything that is fed to us as um, like the, the, the gospel truth here. And I think we, the history just shows how much untruth there is to sort of fight through. Yeah. We're just supposed to like blatantly accept the truth without even investigating or going further in depth to it. Like, you're just you're just supposed to accept the status quo and just believe whatever someone's feeding you. It's kind of scary. Like it I'd is. be more, I'm, that that's more frightening to me than what I I think like it's more frightening to be told to accept certain things without questioning them than actually to hear what the truth might be regardless of how scary it, it, like the truth actually is. Um so not to like put you on the spot or anything, but I'm curious, how old are you? Or if you want to give like a range of, you know, where <laughs> you consider yourself. <laughs> I'm 22. 
Okay. So you're pretty new to the game. No, no. Well, that's probably about where I, I place you. So that works. Um, but so, you know, honestly, you're probably in the thought minority in that age group. Um, how do you feel about like that? Does that sound like you are a little bit a man on an island alone? Yeah, I'm definitely in that in that um that boat alone but something my family and friends always tell me is that i'm definitely like i'm the guy to basically deny everything until i do my own research and that's how i feel about that's how i think everyone should be you should discard everyone else's claim and try to find your opinion on things and that's how i feel and in the age in in the, in the age of um, social media, a lot of people just follow trend, follow what's new, follow what everyone's tweeting and and sending out on Instagram, and it's definitely in the um, range of of the age from teenagers to um, early twenties, and so I, I see that a lot in in our age group. I definitely see that. Yeah, and I mean, I would say it's we understand it's human nature to some degree to go along with the group to kind of be agreeable to maybe not um, start fires where you don't need to. But I've also felt very much alone at times with uh, my peer group. And in, in some ways, I don't know, it just kind of makes me sharper. It makes me stronger. Maybe that's the stubbornness in me, but um, I'm not really sure. Jesse, what yeah, do you think? And, and usually people don't like it when you disagree with them. That's true. right. Especially political views. Well, I've, you know, I feel like we've gotten to a place now where people are offended that you don't agree with them. Like they take it. It's not just a matter of, of disagreeing anymore. It's like they take it to a personal level and, you know, disagreeing on politics should not ever be felt personally because it's just a difference in opinion on most of the time, a subject that's not really is kind of far away from us. We shouldn't be, you know, if somebody doesn't like immigration laws, you should not be personally attacked by that, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And there's a lot of, like, doxing and trying mm -hmm. to defame people's characters, especially around, like, if you're a Trump supporter, if you support Hillary, or whatever the case may be, you're just seen as the enemy and we need to annihilate you and take you out because all your rhetoric is bullshit and, like, your opinion doesn't matter because you're in support of this person or your belief or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's, I've seen that a lot in my field. I, I'm a nurse and a lot of nurses are um, very left leaning. And I've seen nurses get doxxed for making inappropriate jokes or, um, you know, just having certain different opinions. And next thing you know, their employee or employers are being contacted because somebody's feelings got hurt because they disagreed on something online it's ridiculous pretty childish yeah but so yeah, people are, see people are so very like religiously afraid of the other yeah and um just definitely more tribalistic than i've experienced in my short lifetime um but then i do see you know i guess and you can tell me if you agree or you see this at all and where you might see it but um I do see interesting bridges being made, I, like different um, different people that might not normally agree coming together to agree on certain things. I'm sort of seeing bits of that, and um, 
or like in different waves of that. I think that's a positive thing, mostly, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think it's happening in some in some areas, but <laughs> definitely not in political in a yeah. political view. Definitely not. There's too much division. Yeah. Definitely. And then I guess like you know the infighting, um, whether it's within the right or within the left or within even the libertarian um, sphere. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to see some like the good things, <laughs> but um, just because otherwise it is pretty depressing. Yeah, <laughs> it's super depressing. Well, Truth, can you kind of give us an idea, maybe um, from your perspective, or you know, or just from your life, like what made what changed you? What made you decide to be where you're at now? Um. So, the reason I started my podcast was because ever since like forever i've been very not political but i've been very strong strongly strongly opinionated so a lot of people especially my family have told me you definitely need to use your opinions for something either it's youtube podcasting like anything like that so i decided i first started youtube but that didn't work out because the video editing and all that is not for me yeah that sounds like a nightmare yeah it was it was definitely a nightmare and then I got into podcasting and it, it just struck a nerve with me. It definitely did. And I'm I'm the type of person that I don't usually go off my emotions or experiences. I usually look at the facts of the problem, look at all the angles, then I tell my opinion, then I like go in. I just don't go in with a blind sight. So that's how I started my okay. YouTube channel. My podcast channel. Dove right in. Yeah. And you exactly. went alone. You know, here I am. I wasn't going to ever, I mean, I talked about podcasting for a long time, but it was also like, I'm not going to do this alone. So, um, you know, our network producer joined, had Jesse and I join forces. And so together we're fighting, you know, untruths and stupid catty BS on the internet and uh, pop culture. But yeah, could I just quickly ask you, you guys, yeah. how did you start your um, podcasting? So, um, we found each other on this internet oasis. It's kind of a long story of how we got there and how that thing started. But like, there's a group of us on a private Facebook group and we've all kind of been pretty close for a long time. It's a very small, tight knit group. And so like, I've never met Jesse, but I've known Jesse for years now. I think actually, when did I find these people? Um, when I got back from Chile or even when I was in Chile, maybe. I don't even know, like 2016. So a couple years now. And so uh, I guess they just, like some of the guys in the group started making um, their own podcast. And then they decided like, hey, actually, like it would be a great idea if we had some other shows, like we had a network and, you know, we've got a bunch of diverse people and views. And while we're all under the sort of camp and umbrella of liberty and, being liberty-minded and hopefully driving the bus towards liberty, um, you know, they figured that Maddie and Jesse were different in the respect to, like, what normal chicks are talking about and um, thought we'd be a good tag team. And so, you know, they asked us. We both said yes. And uh, we were like, well, whatever we do, we're like, we can't do any of the technology. So that's yeah. out of our hands. Like, <laughs> we'll talk we'll do that but um yeah so 
shout out to Cam and Ryan for doing all the magic behind the scenes to actually like put two and two together and send it out to people like you. How'd you find us? I think I found you through the morning drive with David. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I was actually on his show. He's a great dude. Oh, very cool. I know. He is a good guy. He's like one of those guys I feel like. Jesse, how far away do you live from him? It's about, I mean, I I live about three hours away. I live on the east side of Tennessee, and he's more on the middle side, middle south. He just, like, obviously, he's another person that I've known for years. He's been in my... um, online friend group but he just seems like a great neighbor imagine he's like a really good neighbor i mean great guy like he's you know taking in fostering um other children like when he's already got his own and yeah so anyway good people i think um and even as a podcaster i think he's really he's really nice because he's made it to where he's trying to find people new people in the field and just promote them get them on his show to kind of give them some promotion so i think that's really nice it is nice guy shout out shout out to mlga podcast network bunch of cool people including david um if you're listening and you haven't heard of any of our other shows mlgapodcast.com and i think we're on youtube finally but um like jesse said who knows how long we'll be there (laughs) yeah but they did reinstate uh tinfoil hat sam chipperly back online well anyway um I guess something I want to talk about that might be controversial is... Um, Love that. Yeah, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I want to know how, how you particularly feel. And I, I think, like, you've kind of maybe answered this a bit. Like, but um, how do you feel about that you have to have these pre-prescribed views? And be- if you don't follow along with exactly what you're supposed to think, there's either something wrong with you or you're defective or like you should go to a crazy, be locked up in a crazy lunatic asylum or something. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with that. Like I've already stated, like, I just, I just feel like that's the way society tries to make all of us. And once you break out of that shell, you're the outsider, you're the, um, you're the outlier of the entire situation. And you need to be banished from this. You need to like be cut off. You're, you're just the enemy. And I've definitely felt that with a lot of my views. Like, for example, I'm pro-life. And so a lot of people don't agree with me. And sometimes people get very irate with my opinions mm-hmm. and, and facts. <laughs> and so yeah when i when i um give them what i think some people six out of ten of the people i talk to get angry at some point that is yeah. definitely something like i think me and maddie probably deal a little bit with some of that ourselves because i think if i'm correct maddie you're also pro-life right yeah and we're both in the liberty movement <laughs> Um, that is something that I think that the Liberty Movement doesn't have a def- definitive, uh, and, and on a lot of issues, actually, there's not a definitive, like, stance on, um, because some people feel like, you know, women should have the right to choose, and I, um, as a, I guess, a little L libertarian or a voluntarist, I feel like it's a violation of somebody's rights, and it's um, and it's an aggression towards somebody who's not aggressing towards me. So, you know, to end a baby's life, that's considered an aggressive act. 
So it's clearly to me a, um, you know, something I'm, I, I definitely am against for that reason. Yeah. Did you guys listen to my debate with, with my special guest? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I know Jesse did. I haven't yet. Yeah. You, you would have gotten a lot of uh, that irate emotional stuff. Yeah. From that. But she was a great guest and all. I think she held it together pretty well, considering I've seen a lot worse. So yeah. I think she tried to handle it a lot, you know, handle her emotions pretty well with that one. But I was kind of rubbing her. I was like, the questions I was asking, if you didn't notice, I was trying to put her in a corner to answer the question in my favor. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't know if you noticed that, but, but that's how debates should go. If you're, uh, yeah, if you're good at it. And um, honestly, like, I'm the kind of person that, lets people say their thing. I let people show exactly who they are and, you know, be, be as it may. And so mm -hmm. I'll let people talk themselves right into a corner. And, um, I'm not really like, I'm, I don't have that killer instinct. <laughs> so like, I'm not also one to be like, Hey, caught ya. Um, I usually kind of just like internalize and cherish that. <laughs> and maybe I should have a little bit more of that gotcha but um I don't know that's like what's that saying you kill more flies with honey no or you catch more flies with catch honey. more flies with honey yeah <laughs> yeah I think that used to be true I don't see that as true as much anymore to be quite honest I feel like um you might be attracting more people to you but under a certain like under a false guise but um I don't know so another thing I, I was kind of interested in talking about is, um, I don't know if you want to talk about it, Truth, but do you kind of want to talk a little bit about your Hitler episode? Because I thought that was an interesting episode as well. Definitely. I would love to talk about that. I, um, <laughs> did y'all know about um, King Leopold or that was the first time of you guys hearing him about him? Now, I had heard of him in a, I didn't, um, I didn't remember his name, but I'd heard of him, of what he had done in the Congo of what that nation did in the in the Congo. So, yeah, um I just want to give a little background. He yeah, actually go ahead. owned um the country by himself. It wasn't even Belgium. It was just him. Wow. Yeah, he facilitated the entire country because it was an actual free state like when Europeans came over to Africa to imperialize and colonize, they took they grabbed up Nigeria, South Africa, you know, all the other camp countries, but they left Congo. So, he saw that unclaimed land he talked to great britain and france and asked them do y'all want this land and they were like no you can have it then that's when he made it his personal property hmm. was there a reason that like they didn't want it and he did specifically or just because it was sort of quote unquote unclaimed and he was just like all right well i'm gonna go get my piece yeah i think they didn't want it because it was a lot of um valleys and like you know foresty areas and Got there it. really wasn't a big um gain from that because it was mostly inland so there mm -hmm. weren't a lot of rivers and you know so it was a, a big hassle once you've already acquired all this land to get even more to control so i think they just let it be kind of yeah they're like you can have that wilderness like yeah we've we're already gonna, got to hang with the farmland <laughs> and whatnot yeah we're good yeah no i mean um if i have heard his name before in any of my history classes that you know you're inundated with during all your years of schooling and programming really um i would have remembered a genocide <laughs> if that would i would have remembered that 
So of course that wasn't taught at any point. Um, but yeah, so your episode goes into your theory on, or thoughts on why that's not really uh, touched on. And I would say like the only genocide we're really taught in school is the one that Hitler, Hitler committed against the Jews. And they now definitely talk about and act as if it's, I don't know, and maybe I'm, this is something I'm a little bit ignorant on, but um, they act as if, like, every European that came to America genocided the, the Native Americans. Like, mm-hmm. that, that was like a, and it's like, okay, I know the federal government and did a lot of terrible things to those people, but it's like, I don't know, I didn't, my poor ass Italian immigrant family sure as hell didn't do anything, so... Um, or like my Polish starving in a cave in Wisconsin family did not, you know, come and kill any Native Americans. So I don't know why I'm supposed to feel guilty about that. But anyway, um, it's very selective which genocides you hear about in school. Yeah. And that's for a reason. Why, why do you think they want to silence what happened to, in the Congo under King Leopold? There are selective reasons. One, because the people who were the victims of the genocide were African. Two, because they were Black. And three, because it was it was King Leopold. And he had a lot of stuff going on in the in his country. He um, actually tried to tried to marry off his daughter to a Czech Republic um, prince. If I'm not mistaken, he tried to do that. And he was also going through marital problems with his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... There are a lot of, and actually, I just want to give some context. France and the United States and Great Britain, all those countries knew about his doings in, in, in um, Congo, but they really didn't care. They were like, they didn't, they didn't even care what was going on. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, and, that was like in the, what was it, the late 1800s? Yeah, late 1800s so, to 1900s. It was a lot easier, I think, to, I think it was a lot easier to kind of keep that information out of the news definitely so that's probably yeah. a part of it too and i'll i'll add that it's not like we weren't interventionist in our foreign policy at that point we were but i think this goes to further show um the selectivity of our intervention mm-hmm. abroad yeah and and i think he actually came to the u.s i read a book about him and he came to the u.s to get the actual president's like signing or like there was a there was a um, organization he actually started up to help to supposedly help the country, but he actually masked it in a way of his favor, so he could use that money he gained to go and and like basically colonize the area. So he went in. He um so he basically made those people slaves, the African people slaves, to get they had to get a specific number of rubber. That was our quota of the day, and if you didn't get that quota you would get a limb cut off. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show how, um, like, there's a lot of people who like to sort of rely on a baseless, quote-unquote, truth of theirs that um, slavery is, was, like, a positive economic model. It's like, clearly it wasn't. Like, beating, harming, maiming your, your producers that's never going to be, that's never going to really like do anything for you in the end. Sure. Like it's incredibly immoral, but, um, also just, that's not how you get, if you want more rubber, dude, like you don't, 
chop their arms off. off. People, they need yeah. those. They're gonna need those. But I also think too, what I'm, what I've read, well, for not, for what I've read throughout history, it seems like it just depends on the country and the culture too on how they treat their slaves as well, because when I've read about what the Belgians did in the Congo, it makes, I mean, they don't look, they don't come out looking good, but I mean, the same thing happened in other parts of Africa and it was better. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like great, but it, they weren't mutilating people. So even when we talk about slavery, I think that, you know, we have, we have to also remember like the cultures that these people are coming from that are enslaving people some of these people are like really just brutal people. And then some of them are just, I don't know, they have like, I think of like Kipling and his um, white man's burden speech that, you know, he wrote that I think he saw it as more of like, it's a burden that we have to do, but we have to do it. It's not something pleasant, but we have to. Whereas the Belgians kind of looked at it like, it's our right. These people aren't human. We can do whatever we want. Um, so. I don't know. I just think it's kind of important to have a distinction because I don't know why, but I just think that it is. I yeah, mean, I actually agree with you. And I think most human cultures and um, ethnicities have actually had a part in slavery and not based on race, but most cultures in, in the world have done some bit of slavery, whether it was selling or um, being the masters themselves. There's been a lot of slavery in the world. Yeah, definitely. All and throughout yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, Thomas Sowell like, talks about that in, um, what is it, White Liberals and Black Rednecks. He talks about how slavery was all over the world. The biggest, I think it was the Middle East, like um, the Ottoman Empire were the biggest culprits of slavery. They had the largest number of slaves. From, and they were not just African. They were from Eastern Europe to um, some of them were even Italian. Like they made their way. Wherever they could collect. Yeah. Um, and that's actually where the word slave comes from because the best slaves were the Slavic people. Um, and I think that's just because they were the easiest to get because they were right there. <laughs> um, Go get Slav. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were right there next to the Ottoman Empire. They were, I mean, Russia was always fighting with them. But um, I'm just thinking like, where was I going with this? Oh, what um, Thomas Sowell was trying to say though, is that even though that was a terrible time in history, a lot of culture was spread through the slave trade. So I guess you could say there was something positive that came out of it, but it's sad that it had to happen in that particular way. And like you said, Truth, I mean, every culture, like when we look back at our genetic histories, well, we've all been slaves at some point, really. Slaves and slave owners, probably. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree, agree with that. But, like, how are we going to weigh this? Like, definitely the bad outweighs the good. Well, yes. But we can see the outcome of it. And um, there have actually been several um, slave trades in Africa, but the one we get most, we mostly get, um, taught about the Atlantic slave trade because that's the most known one, but there's actually been one in the Horn of Africa through the Arab world, and that's yeah. a big one. I think it was bigger than the Trans-Atlantic slave trade. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that um, the Arab world really was, um, they were probably more involved in the slave trade than 
um, especially in the time frame that I'm thinking of, like in, from like the 1600s through the 1800s. I mean, they were probably more involved in slave trade than other countries were at the time. And I think it might just be maybe they were just had more access to Africa and the Middle East is pretty much every like right in the center of the world. So they had a lot of access to different areas. Yeah. And I definitely agree with the point you said, the spreading of culture, because present day Ethiopia is way different than what it would have been without the slavery, because most of the um, most of the people in Ethiopia are Muslims or some of them are. And a lot of them speak Arabic or or coincide with the Middle East culture. And that's seen throughout the Eastern Eastern Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see in that. Some, in some countries like Kemet slash Egypt, there have been a lot of foreign invade, invaders from Egypt, Middle East. Like it's it's been going on for for centuries, and that's just one prime example of slavery and the passing of culture. Yes, unfortunately, that's that's how it's happened. I wish it had happened through other means rather than human yeah. trafficking. But the sad part is, like, that original culture definitely gets lost within the battles and the fights and the slavery, and that's the only sad part. That is sad. Actually, I was, that reminds me of, like, when I was, uh, when I went to the Middle East back in 2000, and we were, we were actually on a tour um, through, the, my, through my school, and one of the uh, things that I noticed a lot of is just a lot of Greek and Roman um, buildings and artwork and everything is just spread out through all of the Middle East. And we were just thinking about just how, I remember like somebody in my group said something about how like the Ro- like Roman Colosseums are like the McDonald's of like the ancient world. It's like they just, <laughs> they're, they were just everywhere. And they just made, it was like this ugly thing to him because we're in Egypt, which has, their own culture and their own beautiful um, artwork. And then all of a sudden you see this like Roman Colosseum and it just kind of was kind of like, this is disgusting. I just, I didn't come here to see Rome. I want to see Egypt. We just, I don't think he realized how much Rome and Greece had spread throughout the world. Definitely. Greece was probably one of the most influential empires back in the day. I think it was either Greece or the Ottoman empire. I think it was the Ottoman Empire, actually. They did a lot of the damage. And I think they were the last to, to collapse, either yeah. the Ottoman or the Roman Empire. Yeah, the Ottoman Empire really collapsed, like, as a result of, or in the midst of World War One. So that was, you know, something so seemingly ar- archaic and ancient, but it was something that still existed mm-hmm. into the 20th century, like, which is crazy to think about but um and speaking of genocides i mean one of the genocides another genocide, of genocide. <laughs> was the armenians yeah speaking i think it was just uh, recognized in this year as an official genocide yeah i think so and you know what um th- i think that's because i don't know is donald trump the one that's doing that like how is this happening all of a sudden <laughs> The matrix is breaking. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. we could not get Congress or uh, the House to even recognize any of this stuff. And then I don't know. It's like all of a sudden now we have a new president and suddenly that's on the table. But of course, if Donald Trump is the reason for it, then everybody and their mother is going to try to silence that as much as possible. Yeah. 
Why do you guys think the Congolese genocide doesn't have as much recognition as the Holocaust, even though it was 15 million versus 5 million people dead, killed? Well, I mean, then you also, there's also the question of why isn't it more widely known that like 250 million people or the, you know, the, the numbers in question, but um, it's approximated that like communism throughout the East is responsible for the deaths of 250 million people. We don't know about that. And that's like atrocious. And so, you know, I don't know. People have very specific reasons why they want to point to Hitler and um, his genocide against the Jews. I guess what is probably the most logical to me is that they take advantage of that and they are able to say like, well, this is what he did and it was a good war that we did and how, considering how much our federal government and like the European, the European Union came together after that and like that was kind of really exactly what Hitler wanted to do. But um, <laughs> such a bad guy, but you know, let's just continue his plan to unify Europe um, very fascistically. Um, but I think like it's, some kind of weird show of heroism that we we stopped this bad guy and he killed this many Jews and um I think there's like nothing to be gained by nothing to be politically gained by acknowledging that this Congolese genocide ever happened like there there's no need to take down King Leopold he doesn't yeah. really get taken down I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, it's never been convenient enough for him to be taken down. I think yeah. I should rephrase the question. I don't think um, you're like grasping what I'm trying to say. Like, why do you? Th why don't you think the um, the Congolese genocide is isn't mentioned in school, per se? And I'm saying because, like, I don't think that it's it's like it's not politically motivated enough to have. Like, I don't know. It doesn't serve a higher quote-unquote higher greater purpose like i think it doesn't fit into a pre-prescribed a pre-prescribed script that we need to be fed honestly yeah. like if they were a little bit more um what's the word uh, not hypocritical and they were actually like genuine in their um and when i say they i mean you know like powers that be that shove information down our throats if they were actually genuine in their um just being aghast and astonished and they would absolutely turn to that and be like look at all these congolese that were murdered by this horrible person and like nobody should ever strive to be like that person and we should all acknowledge that and look at that and never ever do it again so I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about the history and like why it's not specifically used because I mean, like, think about it. Like they hearken back today to the American slave trade specifically when the American slave trade specifically was not the most prolific yeah. or most voluminous or even longest lasting. I mean, you know, the slave trade with Brazil and like the, um, the West Indies and like the Caribbean that was going on like crazy amounts um, like crazy degrees higher than the amount that was coming to the Americas and for a lot longer t time period so I mean is there any like 
based on what you know about Leopold, is there any reason about like him that they might be trying to not really show him and as Coralite? Like, I don't know enough about him. Uh, I was just going to say, I think he might have, King Leopold, I think he came from a very, like, a big family. Of, I think he came from the Habsburg family, if I can remember correctly. They all protect family. themselves. And um, is that correct, Truth? I think so. Okay. And they all are, I mean, the royal families, they're all inbred and they protect oh, each yeah. other. But I also think, too, like, I think, and I think I know, like, where you're going, Truth. I, and I agree with you. I think that a big part of the reason why at the time and f up until probably um, the World War World War II and Hitler hit the scene, I mean, the people who were the victims of this genocide, they were African, they were black Africans. And people did, people in the West did not care about those people like they should have. And there's probably this viewpoint that they probably weren't seen as equals. So that probably had a lot to do with why that didn't make the national news or why that wasn't a big deal. And then you have, we need to protect each our own. We need to, we can't have King Leopold look like a genocide warmonger. So they're going to squash that story. Um, why that story now is not being told. I think it's because of ignorance. I think our public school system is all, is a failure. And um, like the lack of sharing that knowledge and actual true history has been so well seeded out that anybody that would maybe be likely to share that, you know, they were just never taught it themselves, perhaps. And, you know, because there's no critical thinking or encouragement to go do your own research or, you mm -hmm. know, even dig into things that were never That's it. Being put in front of you. Public school system is not about teaching you how to think for yourself. It's about sitting down and listening and being fed a bunch of information. And then you just regurgitate it onto a test. Exactly. So we're not taught to even think about these kind of things. Critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you guys know that um, King Leopold and the United States actually had a pact to send African-Americans back to the Congo? No, but no, I did not know that. Yeah, I actually learned that in the book about him. And that was a really important thing I learned. What was the book called? Um, I think it was Did called King Leopold. Well, that's pretty pretty easy to remember then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it wondering too, because <laughs> nice and simple. The Marcus Garvey movement was about moving African like sent going back to Africa and and stuff like that. Was that have were you ever interested in the Marcus Garvey movement, Truth? Mm, not really. Okay. To be honest, like, yeah, I don't, I really wasn't feeling that. I, I, I'm kind of in that perspective of getting your freedoms here since you're actual Americans now, like get your, <laughs> yeah. even though some people might not consider you an American, get your freedom. You do, you're deserving of that and you need to stay here and fight for what you own. Basically. Yeah. Okay. What do you yeah, think about the Brexit movement? The what? The Brexit movement. Oh, you I'm not. Like, Brexit? Blexit. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Could you remind me what that is? Because I'm not 100% sure what it is. I think it's just the black, uh, the black people leaving the Democratic Party because of the Democratic, just the party is not 
I guess for whatever reason isn't oh, um, oh I know what you're talking about yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah um did you guys know that um the KKK were originally founded by the Democratic Republic I mean we know that yes <laughs> sorry we know that <laughs> yeah. a lot of people don't know that <laughs> I know I mean that's conveniently, scary very conveniently hidden and um definitely and, and then it's great that African, most African-Americans align themselves with the democratic movement and they don't realize what their history is in that party. I know it makes me feel sad for them or they've um, been, you know, they've also been fed the lie that, Oh, the party switched sides. And it's like, no, that's a bunch of horse. Shit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. So um, it is sad. I do think, um, I feel like for, and to whatever degree that more and more people, black and white are seeing the light or whatever we want to call the light, like <laughs> the truth. I think, I feel like there's an awakening and I know sometimes, some days it feels slow and um, then you go into the internet and you're just like, oh my God, these people are hopeless. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, um, and I don't want to... Put like my views on anybody else, and I don't want to pre-prescribe anybody like what everybody should be thinking because everybody's going to have their own view and opinion and perspective based on their life and experiences. But like, I'm just again glad people are questioning what's been happening, where they came from, like, and um, what I think is huge. And I don't know why people didn't. I I wish more people talked about it. But like, you know, who was that? Um, KKK leader that was like really good friends with the Clintons and you know they spoke at his they, like eulogized his funeral oh. or whatnot. Was Bird? it Bird? Bird. Yeah. yeah and it's like again one of those things that you think is like ancient ancient history and it's like nah like that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah but the Clintons definitely have a lot of things under their under their belt. I'd say yeah. I'd oh, say tons of, stuff. tons of stuff. Yeah, not just that. <laughs> that's that's not the only thing. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different podcast. That's like three hours long. And that sure. would probably be the last podcast that we'll do before we suicide ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Before we got out <laughs> of here. All at the same the time. <laughs> ourselves. Same day. Right. <laughs> we'll type out a manifesto note uh, before we go. That's for yeah. sure. With no murder, uh, with no, um, you know, weapon. We <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like that. No autopsy, nothing. It's not needed. And or if it's the autopsy or like, and if the, we, there is an autopsy performed, it's that same guy who was in Arkansas <laughs> and who did all those. And like, if I'm, yeah. Or like the, um, what, the Dallas shooting, like the K, JFK. I think the JFK um, autopsy. Yep. Autopsy same guy. guy. What's the how, what's the name of the person who does that? Uh, coroner. Coroner. <laughs> oh, I should know these words. I work with medical experts. Um, but yeah, JFK assassination guy. Same um, coroner as the Jeffrey Epstein. Yep, something like that. That's nuts. Why? Why is he still alive? Is he drinking like uni uniform blood? He's uh, maybe he's got blood? pineal gland juice. Or something like that <laughs> that's not at all a coincidence no no there there are no coincidences i make jokes like that because it's too depressing to think about really so that's how i deal with it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
All right. Well, um, on the note of like things we could go on and on and on about forever, um, do you have any like immediate or upcoming plans for your podcast, Truth? I'm definitely, I was actually about to record a new episode discussing feminism. Oh. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to check that out and yeah, maybe get back to you. Definitely. Are you guys feminists by? No. 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 Nope. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think you were about to like what I was about to say. <laughs> what if we were feminists? Yes. Oh. Yeah. No, we're definitely not. Like, if you've listened to really any of our podcasts, like <laughs> at least every other podcast, we probably mentioned that uh, we're our not. fatherhood <laughs> episode was um, triggering for a couple people who, um, I guess, they lean more on the left, but for the most part everybody liked it that listened to it but our feminine our feminism episode is pretty good too i'll definitely check that yeah that'll let you know how we feel about feminism we don't really hold back yeah (laughs) we're not fatherhood and and, um father's day did you guys hear about that story about the lesbian couple who like wanted to remove father's day because of their situation what they were they were gay and loved each other and they had a child yeah and like their child didn't have a day to celebrate them and it was like kind of discrimination they said something like that uh it's called mother's day it's called mother's day i'm sorry you just have two like you have two moms you have to share the day (laughs) you know everybody makes choices yeah god (laughs) sometimes sometimes your choices have make you have to share the day with the other parent (laughs) I think there are much bigger problems in the world so yeah for a long time there wasn't a father's day so it took a long time for them to realize that we needed to um you know revere our fathers too so when they finally like we can't just take away father's day again that's terrible that wouldn't be the right direction well anyway um truth where can our listeners find you crap he was suicided are you still there truth hello Hello. Were you suicided? Yeah. You're still there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> okay. I was Something. just want, it's be, you know, it's because too much truth, and that's uh, what happens. <laughs> I um, wanted to ask you uh, to let our, let our listeners know where they can find you if they're interested in hearing more about your, your whole deal and then things hey, to can, come. Uh, yeah, you can definitely find me on Anchor at The Truth Disciple, Spotify, Apple Music, podcast um case i think that's what it's called but definitely most of the mainstream podcasting sites you can definitely find me and i'm on instagram and twitter my instagram is the same the truth disciple and my um twitter is the truth disciple one and there's going to be a lot more episodes a lot more fun and a lot more history i'm definitely in i love history such a nerd all right um and um if for our listeners if they want to reach us they know where to find us we're definitely on instagram we're probably mostly uh involved there right now um at voluntary vixens and we are also on facebook at voluntary vixens uh on twitter we are uh, at vixens voluntary and then we also have a patreon if you guys are interested in donating to us um at vixens underscore voluntary why don't you guys have an anchor uh we told you we're not technologically adept like i don't know i guess um 
Yeah, I'll add it to the list of things that we'll ask Cam and Ryan to do. Yeah. Oh, honestly, and we're also like, on so YouTube now. Hands. Oh, yeah, we are on YouTube, but not video-wise, because, yeah. you know, you don't get it's to see us. Work. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, we really appreciate you coming on our show. Um, it's been fun. We'll be in touch. Can't wait to see what else you've got coming down the pipeline. Thank you so much. It was tons of fun. And we'll definitely do this again. Awesome. Yes, thank you. All right. Uh, listeners, in the meantime, we'll catch you next time. But let's keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary. Thank you. Later.